Welcome to the Ocean Hills Podcast. Our hope is that today's message would help you connect more deeply with God and with others. If you would like more information on what is happening in the Ocean Hills community, check out our website at oceanhills.org or download the Ocean Hills app. If you are encouraged by our ministry and would like to partner with us financially, you can give through your mobile device by texting Ocean Hills to 77977. We hope you enjoy this message. Invite Scott Lassay up. You guys can have a seat. I am stoked to be here. We've had a wild summer in the Lasea house. I think three bucket trips in one summer. I don't know how that happened, but it just happened. And uh, one of them was I got to go on a study trip with Westmont students and a couple of professors to Israel and Northern Ireland studying conflict and reconciliation. And when we're in Israel, I'd always wanted to go. I've always wanted to see it. We went to the beach. Now, I know like that we're having church on the beach right now, but we, we went to the beach. And people ask me, what was your favorite thing to see? Was it the, you know, the birth tomb or the, or the tomb or the birthplace? And these places are so built up with churches and stuff like that. That didn't do it for me. But you know what did it for me in Israel was being at like real places like the beach. And we were at the beach where Simon got called. And we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. But if you ever go to the beach, it's Togba. It's about a mile and a half up the beach from Capernaum. And uh, little tiny smooth rocks, very comfortable, sort of like a, a foot massage as you walk on it. And little tiny fish that nibble your toes. So you have that to look forward to. But this is the beach where this happened in Simon's life. So if you know the story, it says that uh, Jesus was teaching the crowd. And he came up to the shore of the beach and, and the crowd was pressing in on him. So many people were wanting to hear what he was saying that they were pressing in on him and he's backing up to the shoreline. And it, and it says that there were some fishermen there and uh, they had been fishing all night and, and now they were washing their nets. And for me, it was just like so cool to be on this beach where this scene happened. And you can picture the scene that Jesus sees a couple of the boats and he turns to one of the guys, Simon, and he says, hey, Simon, um, can I get in your boat here? And let's push out a little bit so I can sit down and teach. I don't know if it's, he knows how sound dynamics work or whatever else, but he's out. And Jesus sits down in Simon's boat, and he's preaching to the crowd. I just love to picture what that must have been like for Simon. Like, did he, was he still busy cleaning his nets? Was he, you know, giving an amen every once in a while? Or, I don't know, maybe some awkward moments. Got the Savior of the world in your boat teaching and, you know. What's the protocol for that? Do I salute? Am I the captain? Is he? Anyway, so when they're done, Jesus dismisses the crowd, and he turns to Simon, and he says, hey, Simon, um, let's go out in deep water, and let's put down your nets for a catch. And when you read this in the scriptures, you might be tempted just to read it this way, where you say, where he says, uh, Simon, let's put out into the deep. Let's let down your nets for a catch. And Simon answered, Master, we toiled all night and took nothing. But at your word, I will let down my nets. Now, if that's how you read that, you're reading it wrong. Because this is a human moment here. Simon's a professional fisherman. And if we have any fishermen here right now, you know what I'm talking about. This is a salty bunch of people, okay? This is not, I don't picture Simon going, Oh, Lord, whatever thou wilt, I will let my nets down for thee, you know? Not my experience of professional fishermen. I'm just telling my dad was a boat guy. Like, this is a salty group of people. There's this, sort of the gift of sarcasm that is shared with this crowd of people. And I'm just picturing Simon looking at Jesus and going, we fished all night. And we caught nothing. 
And then the next sentence is, but Lord, because you say so, I'll let down my nets. Now, I like to say that Simon got the look. You know what I'm talking about? If you've been married more than 30 seconds, you know what I'm talking about. If you've ever had a parent, you know what I'm talking about. The look. Where you go like, hey, will you wash the dishes? No, I'm too busy right now. And then you get the look and you're like, I am washing those dishes right now with great fervor and joy and passion. Absolutely. I think Jesus gives Simon the look because he says, we've toiled all night and we've caught nothing. Pause. Pause. The look. But because you say so, Lord... I will let down my nets. So they let down the nets. And this is what happens. So many fish crowd into those fish nets that the boat starts to capsize. And Simon screams out to his partners. He's got business partners, James and John. And he holler out, hollers out to those guys, come on, bring the other boat. The other boat comes over. They start to fill that boat with fish. Both of them are starting to capsize. So the fish on top are like, cool, I'm out. You know, so th- how many fish is that? That's a lot of fish. I've never caught that many fish. Both boats almost going down. And it's at that moment that Simon gets down on his face amidst the fish and says, Lord, get away from me. I'm an unclean man. Like, I think Simon screams out to his buddies on the other boat and is going, who's in my boat? This guy speaks fish. Who speaks fish but the creator of fish? Something snaps in Simon where he realizes he's got somebody in his boat that maybe he shouldn't be so close to. And he says, man, I know who I am. I don't know who you are, but I know who I am. I am an unclean man. You got to get out of my boat. And Jesus takes this moment to redefine Simon. He says, oh, don't worry about this. He says, for now on, you're going to be catching men. Simon's like, man, I got to get a bigger boat. <laughs> I got to get bigger nets. In John's gospel, it says, you, I'm calling you Rocky. Peter, Rocky. It's a good nickname. This is my argument. I'm Mexican. This is my argument that Jesus is Mexican. Because we like to give nicknames. Like, did you see the news this week? El Chapo, you know, life in prison. Shocker. Uh, El Chapo means shorty. It's like, the guy's like the, the, the most notorious thug in the world, maybe the, one of the meanest guys ever. What's his nickname? Shorty. We just do that to each other. He says, I'm, Simon, I'm calling you Peter. I'm calling you Rocky. Like, we're going to do things in your life. You are going to be catching men with your life. People. And this is what happens when we have a God encounter. Is that God redefines us. He tells us who we are. He tells us what we're about. That's what happens, and it has to happen in deep water, by the way. If we're living in the shallow end the whole time, like it's just about me being comfortable and living the Santa Barbara dream life, that's the shallow end. That's not where the good stuff happens. The good stuff happens when you let God bring you out to the deep water and you start to ask the real questions. Who am I? What's my life about? And we see this happen between Jesus and Simon in this moment. We even see it in Jesus' life, at his own baptism. Jordan River goes down there to be baptized. The heavens open up, a dove comes down, lands on him, and he hears the voice of heaven say, you are my son whom I love, and I am so well pleased with you. It's a God encounter. Jesus, absolutely clear who he is because of what the Father says about him. 
And I think this is just an essentially human thing. Like that every one of us here, we look for security in life somewhere. We look for significance in life from something. And we even look for purpose. Like I've, yet, I've worked with young people my whole life. I've yet to meet a young person that says, I want to live a shallow and meaningless life with zero impact. Like I just haven't met them. Nobody wants to do that. Now I have met many people later in life that by their own admission have missed it. And they're saying, what's my purpose? Like I have no idea who I am. I've been chasing something. I've been looking for significance somewhere security somewhere, purpose somewhere, but it hasn't been satisfying. And when we look for worth in worthless places, it doesn't satisfy. But when we encounter God, the maker, the one who speaks fish and speaks your language, speaks whatever you need to hear him speak, when we have an encounter with him, we find out actually who we are. And we find out what our life is supposed to be about. It doesn't matter who you are. I, I've had many friends with Down syndrome or cerebral palsy. They're asking the same question. What's my life about? Where does my life count? It's a human question. Jamie and I just got back from a trip last week uh, to Uganda. I hadn't been back in 31 years. It was just amazing. We've been a part of this work called New Hope Uganda for a long time. And uh, to go back and see it was really, really profound. And we heard from one of the young girls that uh, was rescued out of being an orphan. Uganda has three million orphans. Uh, rescued from her life as an orphan, destitute, mud hut, parents gone, to being part of this family. And um, she's about 16 now. And to hear her talk, she's the most put together, beautiful, radiant young woman I've seen in a while. Smiling. And she's telling us her story through tears. And she, uh, she, she grabs her shirt. She says, I never knew that I would be someone that would wear a shirt like this. I never knew that my life would go anywhere or that I could have hope. And then another spot, we went to see another part of the work uh, in this city called Cobwin. This is where years ago when Coney and the LRA were uh, moving to the east of Uganda and they were abducting children and they were torturing them and doing all sorts of psychological damage to them to make them basically killing machines. And then they were just ravaging Ugandan communities. And so New Hope went there to, to help work with some of these child soldiers who were tr coming out and needed to be re rehabilitated. They didn't have a team of psychologists. They didn't have any doctors. They just went to be with them and to tell them who they were in Christ. And uh, we heard from four of those original young men their stories. One of them's a doctor now. One of them's an accountant now. One's a mechanic. Two of the guys are married. But this one guy, Robert, who's just, uh, just a good-looking guy, dressed to the nines. He's sharp. Hallelujah. Um, Robert gets up, and just like Stella says, I never knew that I could look so smart. And then he went deeper to deep water, and he said, I never knew that I could be a person that was beneficial to the community. But you know what makes the difference? Is finding out from the Father who you are. That makes all the difference in our life. Like when, you're, when the Creator tells us who we are, 
that changes everything. It changes the trajectory of our life. It changes what we're about. It changes our, literally our affections, the things that we love when we find out who we are. And it's beautiful. And I'll just tell you this. After these four stories were shared at Cobwin, they led us in worship. And uh, I told my friend Jay there who leads this thing, I said, I want those guys to play my funeral, except I want to be there. Like, it was the most joyful worship experience I've ever been a part of. No one was playing at it. It was like, we know what evil looks like. Our whole life was taken over evil. We found out who we are in Christ, and we can't shut up about him, and we're just filled with joy. Hit the music, and we danced and sang like I haven't done in a long time. It was wild. But that's what happens when we find out who we are. We get set free. So fast forward, looking at Peter's life. What happens after Simon turns into Peter, the fisher, the catcher of men? Well, here's some highlights and some lowlights from, uh, from Simon's Peter's life. First, here's a plus. He invents surfing, okay? So he's with Jesus and the disciples, and Jesus is like trying to punk the disciples walking by the boat on, on a stormy night, and uh, they think he's, he's acting like he's going to pass by them. They're all afraid. They think he's a ghost. Simon Peter says, Lord, if it's you, call me out. So he gets out of the boat and he's walking on water. And remember, it's a storm. So it's like this. This is the first surfer. That's a plus. Okay. Later on, a minus. Jesus is trying to wash his feet. And he's like, no, no, no. Jesus says, I got to do this. He's like, okay, yes, yes. Sponge bath. That's a minus. Okay. Um, plus category. I put this in a plus category. The soldiers are coming to arrest Jesus and crucify him. Peter wields a sword out of nowhere, cuts off a guy's ear. That's one for Peter in my mind. Jesus goes on to do a miracle 37 and heals the guy's 